can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. All right, Celtics fans, we are back to another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPlacido. We are joined by a good friend of the pod, Andrew Boyne. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you, sir. I think it's been a uh... Been like two and a half months since I've been on it. I, it feels strange getting back on. Yeah, I believe uh, I could be wrong. I think it was opening night. You were here for the game, and then you are here to end up to end out the first half. Oh, such an honor! Appreciate there, it. There we go. The first and last podcast of the first half of the season. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, all right, so wanna want to do things a little bit different on today's podcast want to still go through today's game we'll start with player of the game go through some of the good and the bad uh but in the back half of today's podcast i want to switch it up talk about just the first half of the season in general um and then kind of looking forward into the back half because we've got a, a lot of things coming up uh we've got three weeks Three weeks in a day until the trade deadline as well. So I want to talk about all of that, uh, kind of get your thoughts. But we'll start off with player of the game here. I'll kick it over to you, Boynton. Uh, who do you got? I think I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. Um, he had 27 points, five assists. He shot great tonight, 9 for 15, 3 for 6 for three-pointer. Um, I just think that night in and night out, he's going to get you 20-plus points and – when, when we need a bucket, he, he just scores because, you know, there wasn't much defense today and we needed to outscore the Raptors. Um, you know, 132 points, that's that's unlike any other Celtic game that I've seen in, in recent memory. So I'm glad that he was there to provide some scoring. Yeah, he looked good. He had a couple of clutch shots at the end too. I mean, he had that, like, smothered fadeaway over Johnson late. Uh, huge mid-range with like two minutes left to go up six. So he had a couple of huge shots late in the game uh, that really put the Celtics over the edge here. Uh, yeah, I mean, 27 points, it's kind of hard to argue with that as well. So, uh, you know, honestly, I'm going to – I have to give it to Grant Williams tonight. My player of the game is Grant Williams. And never in a million years would I thought I'd be saying this after the season that he's had so far. But the kid looked unbelievable tonight. Uh, brought a lot of energy. 17 points. Unbelievable shooting night. 7 of 9 from the field. 3 of 4 from 3. Uh, just a couple of like huge shots. Uh, a lot of corner threes. He had a putback on a Tatum miss. An alley-oop from JB in transition. Bodied Boucher from like the three-point line all the way down for a layup. Uh, so overall, he was just super efficient tonight. Uh, and it's a grant that we've seen once or twice all season long like that where he's had a rhythm going. So this is a, a really solid, solid game for him. And, you know, we'll talk on the bench, but the whole bench really performed fantastic tonight. Um, so just a, it's a good sight so far. Um, you know, before we before we dive into the the rest of the team here, I do I gotta ask you a question. Do you do you bet on sports ever? I've I've been known to 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 bet a few times here or there. Uh, more in my college days, I've I've become a little bit more mature in uh, in in recent years. But I, I am a sports better if the if the bet is right. Okay, so 
there's this app called Vidget. It's one of my sponsors. So you can you can check out the link in my in my uh, description as well. But it's a free sports betting app. And this is a, a shameless plug. I'm not even doing it on purpose. But the Celtics were favored tonight by eight points. And the way I was thinking about it, Raptors are coming in on a back-to-back, missing three starters and six coaches, as well as a couple bench players. And I'm like, oof, bet the Celtics all day long. And down the stretch, we had a couple of free throws that just did not fall our way. And we ended up winning by seven, which drives me nuts. So I bet like 200 coins on it. I was like at a point where I wasn't overly thrilled with the spread. So I'm like, all right, I'll bet 200 bucks or 200 coins, I should say, on the spread. And then I'll bet 300 coins on the money line. So obviously you're not making a bunch of the money line. So I made up for it a little bit, but missed the spread by just so little. I was so frustrated down the end. I was like, Tatum got to the line. I'm like, perfect. At least I'll push. And then he misses a free throw. And I'm like, come on, man. Just frustrating. The free throws tonight, and we'll talk on that, were, like, were brutal for the Celtics. Uh, got to the line a ton. 40 times. Shot 29 for 40, though. It's a brutal, brutal sight, Boynton. I'm telling you, I think I think Vegas knows something. That's why that's why I never bet bet the spread. It's just too risky. This is why I don't gamble with actual money. Like seriously. This this Vidget app, it's all like it's all coins. So if you do it, you get coins and you can actually like win prizes. You can win a PS5, like Amazon gift cards, all that. It's pretty cool. Uh, but like I would be so pissed. I'd be like throwing my phone off a wall if I bet actual money on this. Yeah, well, that's how that's how a lot of a lot of folks go broke, unfortunately. <sighs> All right, back to the back to the game. So that was that was frustrating, but the Celtics overall offensively played really well tonight, and I talked about it right before this. But our bench was outstanding. Uh, we ended Pritchard ten. Time Lord 10, Grant 17, Jeff Teague 14, right? So give me your highlights from the bench here, uh, and then I'll cover some of the rest here. But, I mean, if you're looking outside of Grant, because I gave him player of the game, who's your next best bench guy tonight? I would say Robert Williams. He just brings a, just a bunch of different things to the floor. Um, you know, he, when he rushes down the court and he, you know, goes straight to the paint, you can see the Raptors all shifting over to him, which opened up open lanes for some guys shooting mid-range jumpers and three-pointers. He just draws so much attention now that he's been playing well. Um, yeah. you know, everyone's focused on him catching a lob and slamming it on their head. So the amount of attention that he, that he brings to himself just benefits everyone else around him. And, you know, not to mention that he had three blocks, 10 points and, and, you know, he had a flashy assist, that, that nice pass, uh, I think it was to Kemba. He's a good um, passing big man. One of the two guys, but he had a nice, you know, beautiful bounce pass. And, you know, he's he's now becoming a playmaker that, you know, after three years, he's developing into somebody that I want on the floor during during critical times. Yeah. He's a, he's a really good passing big man. Like a really good passing big man. 
Um, I think it was like the last like couple of weeks, he's averaging like close to three and a half, four assists a game. Uh, so he's looking good out there. And like, how how fun has he been to watch the last couple of weeks? Well, I mean, I'm not that old, and I guess I'm dating myself now. But just watching KG slam a dunk, and you know, I wish there were the crowd in the garden just to pump everybody up. But the energy that he brings and the potential of him just having a highlight dunk just you know keeps you on the edge of your seat and you, you know you think back to some of the days with KG slam it down and Tony Allen and you know even Ricky Davis way back in the day it's just it's fun to watch you know a guy like that doing well yeah it definitely it definitely is he's been unbelievable to watch lately and I've tweeted it a bunch like he is the king of the alley-oop and you kind of you talked about it a little bit right now like he draws so much attention when he's down low or coming off a pick and roll. And tonight, it wasn't really him that was the the benefactor of a lot of that. It was guys like Teague. It was guys like Pritchard where they were driving to the lane. And for the majority of the season, they've just been tossing it up to Time Lord. But he drew so much attention the entire game. They were just getting floater after floater all game long. And it, it really it opened up the floor for both of those guys, Teague and Pritchard, to just kind of go off. Both of them had really good shooting nights. 6-7 for Teague with 14 points. Uh, and then 10 points on 3-4 shooting for Pritchard. And a lot of those were, you know, driving to the lane. Especially, I mean, more so for Teague than for Pritchard. But looked really, really strong tonight. And just brings a different different twist to the Celtics offense, which coming from a bench roll is huge. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like that pick. I like that pick. Um, we saw we saw Jalen Brown tonight really struggle in the first half. Ended the first half with one point. And it was not like he just – he wasn't aggressive. Like, it's not like he was shooting up a bunch of shots and, like, they just weren't falling. He just – didn't really try to attack. Um, and and he, tra- he turned that around, obviously, in the second half. He ended with 21 points. A lot of those points coming from the free throw line. You know, he shot 10 of, I want to say, t- 10 of 14 it, uh, from the free throw line in the second half alone. So that's where the majority of his points came tonight. But, you know, you saw him really turn up his aggression in the second half. Uh, it looked looked solid, looked real solid. So I mean, I guess what are what are your thoughts on him? Because we saw it, again, it's another game where we didn't have two like super consistent games from both the Rain and Jays, but both put up twenty plus in a win. So I want to hear your thoughts on JB tonight as well. I don't know, J, JB's uh, he's an interesting player because I feel like if he turned it on 100% the entire game, you know, he'd be scoring 30 points a game just because he's so athletic. He can get to the hole. And like you said, you know, he's going to be shooting a ton of free throws because he's going strong and he's attacking. But his knee problems, knee tendonitis, him not playing back-to-back days sometimes, it, it doesn't scare me, but I see him coasting at times not to push it and overdo it, which I totally get, you know, he needs to conserve his energy and, you know, be healthy for the playoff stretch. But I I just, I wish he was either 
you know, 100% all the time or he just took a night off. You know, I, I'd rather have him be, you know, attacking constantly. I know that's not possible. I know that, you know, we need him and we need Tatum pretty much every night because those are the two guys that score. But I just – I see him coasting sometimes, and I think he can get out of rhythm when he coasts and he's not attacking. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you're you're definitely right. I mean, you saw it the other night too against the Clippers, and – he started the game. I want to say he had like 14 points in the first quarter or something like that. Him and Paul George were just battling back and forth. And then it was like the next two quarters that he just didn't really do anything. I think he scored two more points in the second. And then I don't know if he scored in the third. So like he, he just, he goes on stretches of just pure dominance and then, some of the aggression stops. And I don't know if if all of that is on him. I know for the large majority of the second quarter, like he's usually not in the game. Like Brad's pretty consistent in the fact that he's playing um, anywhere from 10 to 11 minutes in the first quarter. And then he's sitting for almost six minutes in the second. And it's, it's pretty consistent so far from what we've seen. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you are right. I mean, you have he has spurts where he just like he's the best player on the court. No one can stop him. And then there are times where he just isn't super aggressive with the ball. So I just I I think that's kind of the the Celtics mo. We we keep hearing it where they they play unbelievable against the teams that that are you know, relatively good around the same record or, you know, two or three games above them. And they play down the teams, not to say that Toronto's, you know, a horrible team, but they, you know, they were missing a ton of guys. They were missing their head coach. And I just think that sometimes the urgency is lacking in, and it reverberates all around the team. And, and sometimes it just gets, gets the players not in a rhythm. Yeah. No, you're right. You're definitely right. Um, and it's, it's tough. I mean, you gotta, you gotta think, I mean, you mentioned it before the podcast started too. Like we just, we haven't really had consistent rotations and a lot of that is just, it's going to continue to change. Like we're, we're still not at a point where we're putting out our best five every night cause smart's still injured. Um, and obviously like the rotations just are different. Like we've had 17 different starting lineups at this point throughout the season uh, it's just a lot. It's a lot to try to adapt to everyone. And now we're seeing a lot more minutes for a guy like Time Lord, and we're starting not to play the bigs as much. And Jeff Teague has just been a, a roller coaster of a player. Um, but, like, it is. It's hard to put together consistent minutes if you don't really know a consistent lineup. <laughs> but, you know, the other, the other guy I do want to touch on real quick with you is – Kemba Walker and I said it after the Clippers game like him to me he's back like tonight wasn't a a unbelievable night uh, but for the large majority like he led the team in assists and this is something that he's been criticized of for the first half of this season uh, is just not being an assist man not being a true point guard Uh, but came out tonight six assists 15 points a uh, couple of clutch shots down down the stretch. Shot well from the free throw line. So, I mean, he was really the only one. He went 5 of 5 from the line. 
played a played another solid game in his last couple weeks. He's looked a lot like all-star Kemba. So I want to hear your thoughts on him so far and how he's kind of bounced back. No, it's it's great to see because he's just one of the best teammates that I've that I've seen the Celtics have in their locker room and you know the guys want or the guys around him want him to be doing well and to succeed and and the fact that he's back I think it just it it sparks the lineup because um, unfortunately, like you said, you know Jeff Teague and, and Pritchard and Marcus Smart, you know they they fill in, but they're they're not that steady point guard that the Celtics need. And having Kemba back to All Star Kemba just it kind of just rights the ship and it keeps it keeps the team going. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we saw a lot of a lot of good things offensively tonight. Uh, yeah, we got to the line a bunch. We had 25 assists, and like the Celtics' record when we get 25 assists is off the charts. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure we have like two losses when we get 25 plus assists a game. Like off the charts, good. So that seems to be the magic number. And overall, offensively, like this is a this is a solid game. 60% from the field, 45% from three. 40 free throw attempts. <laughs> Not going to go on the percentage because that part wasn't great. But we out-rebounded them. We had a good amount of assists. Seven blocks as a team. So, like, overall, offensively, this is a, a really solid game. The one issue was on the defensive end. And it's kind of been the Celtics' calling card this season uh, where the defense has just been subpar. Hasn't been great, hasn't been like horrible in stretches, but has not been good. Uh, and this is a depleted roster, like you mentioned earlier. Like They're missing three starters, a good amount of their team, and the Raptors were in it. Like, this was a, a three-point game late in the game. So I want to hear your thoughts kind of on the, the Celtics' struggles defensively this game as well as this year and kind of what we need to do to fix this here. I think it comes down to a point that you mentioned earlier where, you know, you have a bunch of different lineups every single night. It's hard for guys to to get used to playing with one another. And defensive basketball is all about communication. So when you're not consistently playing with a set lineup or a set group and you don't have the same guy on your left and your right that you're used to, I think there's bound to be holes in the defense. And I, th- I think once Marcus Mark gets back and the lineups start to get back into what Brad Stevens had envisioned in the offseason, I think that's when you see the Celtics defense really start to turn it on. Yeah. The Celtics got outscored in three of the four quarters tonight. <laughs> and we won. So that to me is just a, a hysterical stat to read. So well, we were usually, out. Usually we collapse in the third quarter, and look at us. We're I, th- I outscoring the team 13 points. That never happens. I know. Outscored by three in the first, one in the second, two in the fourth. Like, if it wasn't for that 13 point <laughs> win that we had in the third quarter, like, this is, a, this is a brutal loss to a mediocre team this year. So, and it's a horrible way to go in the All Star Weekend. You don't, you never want to it, go in on a loss, especially to a crap team like the Raptors put out tonight. Yeah, you're right. 
It is. And I want to I wanna dive into that too. So we, obviously we finished off a 4-0 stretch. And I want to talk about that and really looking forward to the, the rest of the season. Uh, before we do so, do want to take a quick break uh, for a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. All right, guys, time for a new favorite sponsor alert, Venture Greens Nutrition. Venture Greens Nutrition is changing the nutrition game forever. They offer one-on-one coaching where they build macro-based diets to get you moving in the right direction. As great as the coaching is, what I love most about Venture Green Nutrition is their line of CBD products. They have tinctures, salves, beard care, and gear, and the best part is all Venture Greens Nutrition's products are formulated and manufactured in their own facilities in the United States. Check them out at VentureGreensNutrition.com. Use code CelticsTake15, that's CelticsTake15, for 15% off. You won't regret it. All right, Celtics fans, we are back. I want to continue that conversation where we left off. So Celtics end the first half going 4-0, moving ourselves into a legitimate playoff spot. Uh, after falling out into ninth place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, we're back and forth, back in the mix of things. Uh, so I want to want to kick this over to you, Boynton. So we've got two All-Stars heading into this stretch. We'll actually, as a team, get some time to rest besides JB and Tatum. We saw the All-Star teams announced today. Uh, JB and Jason Tatum on opposite sides of the mix, both of which are in the three-point contest. So I want to start off here with the three-point contest because I want to hear your thoughts on this. In a one-on, let's just call it one-on-one race against JB and Tatum, who do you think wins? JB, I'll put money on it. <laughs> All right, so why? Give me your, give me your reason because I'm, I'm right there with you, actually. I, I agree. I think, J- I think Jalen Brown is going to outperform Tatum tonight. Or in that race, I don't know. I just I'm a I'm a huge JB guy. I he's shooting what he's shooting forty. He's shooting forty percent from three. I got a. I'm trying to look up some stats right now. I got a video playing in the background of JB's dunks. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's shooting forty percent from three, and I don't know. I just I think I think he's got it, and I believe in in his streakiness. So. I I think that Jason Tatum just has too long of a shot. Like I like his release is so high, and it takes him a long time to get there. That I just I don't even know if he's gonna finish all of the balls. I really don't. I think that I I think that Jalen Brown is gonna do pretty well. I don't know if anyone can beat Steph Curry or Devin Booker for that matter. Like they're just unbelievable three point shooters. But I'm pretty cur- I'm pretty excited to watch Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown <laughs> go up against each other for this. Um, we also so we saw the draft tonight. I mean, I didn't watch it because all the Celtics were playing at the same time. But Jason Tatum's on Team Durant. Jalen Brown is on Team LeBron. Uh, I believe it was Jalen underappreciated Brown that. LeBron said earlier today. So in that matchup, who do you got? 
In the team? Team versus team? Team versus team. I'll go team LeBron. He's the king, unfortunately. I I gotta I gotta bow down to him. I just think he he's just gonna win. And I, I like his lineup better. So I think it's stupid that Kevin Durant was a captain still in pick teams. Like it's kinda it's kinda bullshit in my eye. He's not even playing in the game. Like, doesn't that give LeBron a massive head start? Yeah, I mean Look at his lineup that LeBron's got. He's got Giannis, he's got Steph, he's got Luka, and he's got the Joker. It's, I mean, those guys nuts. alone, That's I'd just take those five guys and say you, you're going to win an NBA Finals right there. I don't even care who the bench is. And Team Durant, you got Kyrie. Of course he's going to choose him. Those guys are best friends. And, uh, and he's got work. James Harden. <laughs> so yeah. he's got all three of his Nets teammates. I mean, not that Durant's playing, but he's got the, the three Nets guys chilling on his team, which I, I just, thought was I want to see. I, I still, I still, I'm going to give it to LeBron. I, I believe he's his team's far superior. I just want to see how Kyrie and Tatum are at All Star Break. I know there was a lot of drama surrounding that team, and you know, time has passed, and it's All Star Weekend, and everyone's trying to have fun, but. I still think there's some hidden animosity between those two because Jason Tatum took a, a huge step back in his development when Kyrie was still on the team. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think Jason Tatum's going to be so like so happy and thrilled that he's even there that it's probably not even going to be brought up. And obviously he's starting alongside Bradley Beal too, longtime friend. Uh so I think I don't know. I don't know if anything is gonna bother him that weekend. Like he's yeah. getting he's getting the recognition that he wants. He's getting to play alongside Bradley Beal. Like Yeah, I don't know. I mean I, I kind of hope there's some animosity just because it would make the game more interesting. Uh but I just I don't know. I don't know if anyone's thinking at that point like negative thoughts. Maybe Kyrie because he can hold a grudge, but you know, he might well, not even no hold a grudge. I just thinking. hate him. He's so. thinking that the earth's flat. So there you for go. all for all we know, he's he's not focused on basketball. Yeah. So you know, moving moving forward into the actual season, the, the All Star Game should be fun and all that. But Celtics aren't here to compete for All Star Games. We're here to compete for a final. And right now, it has not looked good for the majority of the season. I'm not going to say it looks good now. It looks better now after a four-game win streak. Uh, but we've got a pretty tough stretch of games. Like We have, I believe it's the fourth easiest schedule as far as like teams go. But we have a long stretch of games where we're playing almost like five games in a week. It happens twice, and we talked about this in the break here. So, you know, it's going to be a tough stretch of things. Like, yes, we're playing easier teams, but we're playing a lot of back-to-backs, which means no Kemba. So curious, like, as far as, you, like, your thoughts on the back half of the season schedule-wise and, you know, what you think we can pull out in that stretch of games. You know, I... I think if we can replicate some type of win percentage that we did uh, in the first half, I think that's enough just with how the Eastern Conference looking is looking like it's going to shape up. I think that could sit us at a four or five seed. 
Um, I think Brad Stevens is going to have to figure out what games to play Kemba in and which ones that he considers more important because we do have five back-to-back games. And, and yes, like you said, Kemba's, for the most part, going to sit out um, the game right after or the game before and play the second of the two. But I think it just comes down to the, the management of Kemba and in, in seeing where you are after each game. It, it's it's going to be a, a game-by-game basis. I don't think the Celtics can look too far in advance because they're not good enough right now. They need yeah. to take one game at a time and, and just see where they're at. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough watching, you know, a lot of these games without Kemba. We are going to have a different team. And I talked about this earlier too, but like we've got Marcus Smart probably coming back somewhere in the first week of play. You know, they talked about it earlier. It's probably not going to be the first game back from All-Star break, but it should be soon. So he'll be back. The lineup looks different. Romeo Langford should also be back. And we're three weeks and a day away from the trade deadline, which means there's potential for a TP option or just trading in general. So this team is going to look significantly different in the back half as it does right now. And I think all of that is a positive thing. I think all of it's positive. So right now, this is, I'm looking at the points per game. I'm looking at the standings right now. So we're in fourth place in the Eastern Conference, five games back from the 76ers. And if you look in the Eastern Conference, by opponents points per game we currently rank third and that to me is the most surprising stat i've seen all season long because i don't know like maybe it's just the eye test and the fact that we're you know 19 and 17 our defense has looked pretty horrible and we somehow are the third have the third least amount of points given up per game so Maybe the Celtics defense is not as bad as we think it is. We obviously gave up a ton of points tonight, but I don't know. I mean, the, we've got two of our defensive specialists that just have not played in a while. Romeo not hasn't played all season, so we've got a we've got two guys coming back that can d up solid players. Um, so it's just gonna be it's gonna be a different look on offense and defense. Uh, but I think defense is the area that, you know, really needs to improve the most. So, you know, I'm curious. Uh, we've talked about we talked about some of the guys that played tonight. We got great performances from the bench. Uh, the guy that we didn't see tonight and we haven't seen over the last couple of games is Neesmith. And I want to hear your thoughts on this because he went through an unbelievable stretch of games and then has just been – DNP is the last couple. So what are your thoughts on Neesmith and what he's shown this season so far? I think he, like a lot of rookies out there, I think he's just trying to find who he is in the NBA. It's a different game than college. And, and like you said, he had, a, he had an unbelievable stretch of games. I really do think it just comes down to either matchup or if he had a bad practice beforehand. I feel like for him, Brad Stevens is only going to put him in when his confidence is high. You know, you don't want to put a guy that's 
so new to the the NBA game in and destroy his confidence and and then just set him up for failure. So I do think Brad is trying to figure out where his confidence is at, and if he doesn't have it a, the day before a practice, he might he might just choose to sit him. I, I think that that's a very high possibility. Are you surprised at all? Because like like seriously, he went through a stretch of playing like twenty plus minutes and looked strong. Like defensively, he was there. He wasn't taking a lot of shots. Sometimes it was you know one to two shots a game. Some he didn't shoot at all. But like defensively, he looked like he was ready. Like he looked good. And then he just kind of fell off a cliff. So like, are you surprised by any of that? I am, but then then you think about who Danny Ainge is. He might be trying to package him off into a deal. I mean, there's just a bunch of different factors that that play at hand. And dealing with COVID world, I mean, again, you don't know if the guy's you know sick. Obviously, he doesn't have COVID, but you, there's just all these factors where it just builds in. It's just strange. It, it, I I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, I mean, to your point, like if it was kind of a trade situation you would think that Danny would try to get as much playing time for him as possible um, and we kind of we kind of saw that and then we saw a pretty solid overall performance from him uh, but the, again the rotations have been all over the place they really have been and that to me is it's frustrating because I know it's just going to get a lot harder with Langford and Smart coming back like Brad's still going nights where he's playing eleven guys, and a lot of the times it's it's just hard for people to get into rhythms because of just limited minutes, and now that's going to be even harder moving forward once we get those guys back. Because I do think, I mean, while you're not going to play smart thirty minutes, you're not going to play Romeo thirty minutes, you know, straight coming back from the injury. But you got to think, Marcus Smart's going to get there eventually. And where are those minutes disappearing from now? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's tough because you know someone's minutes are going to be cut immensely. And looking well, at this you, roster, like, it, where, do, where do they come from? I think, you, like you said, I think you sit Teague. I mean, I, I don't think anyone's really been impressed with him. I mean, he hasn't had his moments, but it's been a roller coaster. I just... I think you sit him because Marcus Smart kind of serves the same purpose, not with the points, but at least he brings some defense and some other skill-making ability. I think you pick and choose the guys that have been fringe players, and I think Teague is unfortunately going to get the you know the odd man out. Yeah. Do you think that Danny might package some of these guys by the trade deadline and try to get rid of them, shop for a bigger, better bench? Yes and no. Uh, the guys are so young. I mean, we've had a multiple, multiple draft picks in, in the in the recent drafts, and I, I think part of me says that he might not want to give up on them, and part of me says he could ship them and try to go for the the finals this year and, and kind of go for it all. Uh, I, I hope he doesn't do that. I hope he keeps some some guys around, but I, I get the need to win now. You know. So. I, I don't know who I was I was hearing talk about this, but it was one of the podcasts that I listened to as well. Um, and they talked about Tristan Thompson and bringing him in and what it does as far as trade scenarios. 
might have been John Corrales. Uh, but he was saying that with his salary, it makes it possible to package a guy like him as well as maybe like, you know, a Neesmith or an, a Carson Edwards and a pick for, you know, a, a bench player like Fournier. And then bringing him in, getting rid of Thompson gives more playing time for Time Lord. It eliminates the need to go double big because now you don't have a plethora of, bit of bigs. And it gives you more wing depth. And it still allows you to have the TP to use in full, either now or in the offseason. And it can just kind of gives you more options. So I'm curious, like, is something like that feasible in your eyes? Like, I mean, do you see Danny Ainge trying to ship a guy like Thompson out after signing him to that salary? I think the one reason why he would he would not do that, in my opinion, is the fact that Tristan Thompson gets all of our rebounds. And that's what has plagued the Celtics in recent memory. And I, I think you fill the need of getting rebounds and then you ship them off. I think if you ship Thompson off, then you have to find a guy that's similar to him that can get rebounds. Do you not think Time Lord can be that guy? Huh? Do you not think Time Lord can be that guy? Consistently night in and night out? No, I don't think so. I think he serves a purpose as a big guy off the bench to keep training. Maybe in a year or two, you know, he'll figure out the whole part of his game. But I, I think he's he needs to focus on certain areas in order to develop as a player. He can't all he can't just take it all in because then I think he'll he'll get flustered and, and go back to the old Robert Williams that we have grown accustomed to seeing. So like the the big question mark is obviously his health in my eyes. I personally would absolutely love to see Time Lord starting. I really would. Like I, I love I love his energy. I love the fact that he opens the floor. I do like him in a bench role too because it gives a guy like Pritchard, you know, someone to run pick and rolls with and gives easy offense for the most part. Uh, because, I mean, let's face it, like our starting lineup already has enough offensive punch. It's the bench that has typically struggled. And having a guy like Time Lord, where, you know, he's such a lob threat on the pick and roll, it just makes the offense flow easier for the bench. But bringing him into a potential starting role, it could be huge for the Celtics team. Like obviously, you see him late in this, like down in the stretch of the game where you know the Celtics need points, need buckets, need rebounds. Like he's been getting playing time in that period. So for me, like it, it fits. But do you do that and then ship a guy? I mean, you're right. I mean, shipping a guy like Thompson, you're getting rid of a lot of rebounds. And let's say we do it, Time Lord plays fantastic, and then he gets injured. I mean, we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot, and that's been... You never want to plan for an injury, or you never want to expect an injury, but like you should plan for it. <laughs> and Time Lord has not given us any reason to expect that he won't get injured, because it seems like every other week something happens to him. And this year it's been a little bit better. But I don't know if it's a long enough stretch to be like, okay, he's passed his injuries. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's an interesting thought, and I, I would love to see him start and get more playing time. But, I mean, even now, Brad's 
trying to keep him under 25 minutes just to keep his hip right. So I don't know. It's just a it's a tough circumstance. I mean, he's an unbelievably talented player. Uh, still has lapses, but it would be a it would be an intriguing piece if we did something like that. In my eyes, at least. Yeah, I I'm just kind of towards the point where we we made it this far. We're we're still sitting at the four seed. Um, I don't know. I just I think you kind of hope Marcus Smart gets back at some point and you and you roll with the team that you have because it, it got you this far and you're really not in that horrible of a position. I just I would hate to see getting rid of Thompson. You know, I'm I'm just playing the devil's advocate here and and have Time Lord get into the starting role and then you know get hurt and then then where does that leave you? You know, then you lose then you've lost depth at, as a big guy at the big guy position. So I don't know. I would just I know people want to see a move and and want. Uh, you know, want a splash player, a really good bench player, but I would just keep the team how it is and and progress forward with it and, and work with it. I mean, there's still half the season left. It's not, you know, we're not going into the playoffs right now trying to figure something out. I, I, I do think there's still time. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks because as all-star break kind of rolls through and we get closer to the deadline, they're just going to be, more talks over and over. Like we already saw today, there were a couple articles that both came out saying that the Celtics were actively pursuing deals or in talks with guys like Jeremy Grant and Vucevic. Uh, both who, you know, I love as players, but I don't really think are realistic targets. Um, I don't know if it's, just rumors or if there's any legs to it whatsoever but you know they're just every day seems to be more talks about potential deals for the Celtics you know I know you're saying don't rock the boat and I'm I'm kind of right there with you like I don't think that I don't think the Celtics are going to do anything massive I'm kind of I switched off of you know the hopes for it because I mean, I still, I still would love a deal for Harrison Barnes. I think he'd be a great fit here. I don't know if Danny is going to do something big now. I think he might use the TPE, you know, in the off season. Unfortunately, um, because I think he wants to just stay out of the luxury tax. So I don't know. It's it's definitely there's a lot going on, and the talks are not going to slow down whatsoever in the next three weeks. Uh, but we've got, you know, a pretty good stretch of games here. We're fourth place in the Eastern Conference, and we're not far out. We've got uh, five games between us and Philly, and a lot of games to go for the rest of the season. So it should be it should be an interesting run for us to say the least. But you know, that's where that's where we're gonna wrap up here. Appreciate you hopping on, Boynton. Uh, for anyone that hasn't already, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics Guy. Make sure to rate, review the podcast. If you haven't already, written review would mean a lot. Uh, but Boynton, again, appreciate you hopping on, my man. Yeah, no problem. And one one quick thing. You know what loss is going to bite us in the ass? The Which Detroit loss? Pistons loss that we had earlier this year because the Knicks just beat them. Now the Knicks are in fourth place and we're in fifth. And, yeah, it's only by a half game. But I swear, those losses to those crap teams, I hate to end the podcast on a negative note, guy. I'm sorry, but come <laughs> on, guys. We got to 
that's the, my second half goal. Not lose to shit teams that are in last place. Uh, I'm signing off. We're we're a half game above the Knicks right now. Not the half other way game, around. Half game back. We're in, I'm looking at the standings right now. I just refreshed it, dude. We're a half. We're five games behind Philly. The Knicks are five and a half games behind Philly. What am I looking at? Then? I, I don't know. I don't know. know. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, They're nine. We're nineteen and seventeen. They're nineteen and eighteen. It's it's ten. It's ten thirty. I gotta go to bed. I'm signing <laughs> off. But I stand with that. My statement. You can't lose the shit team. Second I, half of the season. I'm not disagreeing with you there. All right, boy. And I will talk to you soon. Celtics fans, have a good night, and we will talk to you soon. I can't help it, I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it, nah. I can't help it, nah. I can't help it, I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it, I ball like a Celtic.